Producer Mark, you are going to Sundance. BT, what is your favorite sports movie ever? Oh, man. <laughs> You're making me think here, Dan. I don't know off the top of my head. Remember the Titans? How about that? Oh, come on. That is trash. Oh, you asked me for my favorite, not your favorite. Yeah, that's a bad... I, I didn't think an opinion could be wrong until just now. <laughs> what is yours, Dan? I mean, the answer is Hoop Dreams is the best sports movie of all time. Um, but know. like, Here's a better one. No, no, I have a better one for you. The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh, baby. Dr. J? Yes, sir. The, the random basketball movie of my youth, believe okay. it or not, um, starred Alex English. And it was called Amazing Grace and Chuck. And it was about a little kid who stopped the world from nuclear war. And Alex English quit playing basketball. I this movie was on all the time when I was a kid. Amazing Grace and Chuck. That was a horrible movie. You would think I'd be a more socially conscious person after seeing all this stuff, but eh, whatever. All right. No, I'm not. Let's start the show. All right. Welcome to the Times Lakers show. I'm Dan Wakey here again, BT, not in the Dina. In the LBC. Ooh, look at you. On a mission trying to find my buddy BT. I'm the here, car full of goes in a new sweep. I'm right. right here, Dan. I saw you last night. Okay. I did see been, you last night. Almost would, this morning. Which would be Monday night, and I'll see you again tomorrow, which would be Wednesday night. And I'm, yeah. not, happy, I'm not happy about that. That's too much seeing you, Dan. What are you talking about? You, you cover one of the hottest teams in the NBA. As do I. Yes, they won one game in a row. The one-game winning streak, Los Angeles Lakers. This is where we need to start because, BT, I'm going to be a jerk today. Today, huh? Today. Uh, I think the win over the Thunder, to me, points to everything that's wrong with the Lakers. Wrong with the Lakers? Yes. A win points to things being wrong. Okay. Yep. Explain, please. Okay. Um, One... They had nine players touch the court last night, right? Yes. Eight of which – well, I would say seven of which I, I would say had good games. Right? Okay, yes. North of average. The two that did not, Max Christie struggled a little bit, Torian Prince struggled a little bit, right? Everyone else played well. Okay. Okay? They barely won against a team that had a bunch of guys not play well. That's, that's thing number one. Okay. Okay. Um, number two, they had a defensive sort of thrust, a force, a chutzpah, a spirit on that end, a little Yiddish, um, to, to their play that, quite frankly, they don't have every night. And quite frankly, I don't think they can have it every night. Um, I think the frustrating, flummoxing part about the Lakers, they are good enough to beat the Oklahoma City Thunder any night of the week and they're bad enough to lose the two or three games after. Um, that is, that is sort of the negative takeaway I had last night. I had a couple of interesting conversations. I'll share one here in a minute, but what, what do you think of my, um, my rain on the parade theory? The Lakers won the game. They did. They you played beat, to win the game. Yes. The Lakers mm-hmm. beat OKC. Which had came in having the second best record in the West. Yep. Which came in with a guy named Shea Gilded Alexander, 
who is now in the top five for the MVP candidate. Oh, right? who told you that? Who told you that could happen? I wonder if only somebody months ago, maybe on a YouTube show, would say something like that. Well, Dan, you know, you write, hey, I spoke of one another, okay? That happened last night. They did a mm-hmm. pretty good job on Shay. He scored 24, but what was it, like 9 for 24 in the field, 9 for 18? Missed a lot of threes. Missed some open ones, too. The key being the Lakers played defense, really good defense when they had to. Anthony Davis was too much for Chet Holgram to handle. But more importantly, the Lakers won the game. And yep. move on to the next challenge. So that's that a conversation. That, that is all that matters. No matter what anyone tries to break down and analyze it, you got a W. So I had a conversation after the game with LeBron James. Um, he's this guy on the Lakers, scored a point here or there in his career. And we kind of talked a little bit about it. And we, we've, we've, after his scrums, we'll occasionally sort of chit chat about like the state of things. He was kind of like pretty good, you know, because they did play. They played pretty good last night. And he was sort of like, what do you think? And I told them, I think when they throw their fastball, they are good enough to beat anybody. I think I've seen enough of that at this point. When the Lakers throw their absolute best pitch, they can beat anybody. I said, I wonder how often they can throw that pitch. And that to me is still the issue that needs to be addressed, whether it's through trade, whether through its attitude or effort, or or I, I don't know. I mean, it is one of those things, and I have these conversations with people around the league all the time. I write about it in the newsletter all the time. I think we've spoken about it here, too. It's just this weird thing, this weird situation the Lakers are in. Their best player is 39 years old. He's been in the league for 21 years, BT. Um, combine those numbers. It's almost as old as you. Um, you combine these things. Like, how do you how do you operate in a world in which – you have a 39-year-old in his prime. It is crazy. You don't know, like, I mean, he's not, obviously, he's not the best he's ever been. But he's still really, really good. And you don't know how long he's going to be really, really good for. You know that he knows that he has to pick his spots. It, it's, I don't know how you build around that. It's really hard. There's no playbook for it. There isn't. But there's also a guy named Anthony Davis. Okay. Who has played exceptionally well the last couple of games. Sure. Who, when they lost in Salt Lake City, the game that I was at and you were not. Correct. You were home doing God knows what. I and broke dry January. I made it 13 days in dry January. And then I had, a, I had a beer. I had a beer. You were just like the Lakers. Drunk? Up and, up and down. Oh. Some, days, some days you got a fastball. Some days you have a knuckleball there. And tonight, analogy, today's analogy that you're throwing at me, that's a knuckleball floating all over the place. The idea is still to win the game. And here's one thing that I really like about the game against OKC. I thought we saw a more and improved and athletic Vanderbilt. Yeah, he looked good. He I looked really, really good. He's an X Factor. He looked sharper. I also like the play of Rui Hachimura the last two games, whose minutes are being curbed some until he gets himself back in yeah. shape. I enjoy yeah. that. Christian Wood seems to be back into the fold again. He's playing better. He's had a good couple weeks. The starting backcourt of D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves 
those two guys, as D'Angelo said, I like the guy. And as Austin reiterated too, I like the guy. Which goes which goes a long way. So you add yeah. all those things up, and I think it's only one game, yes, but there is something there. Even in the loss at Salt Lake City, I thought there is something here. They had a good oomph in that game. Yeah, they, they played well. I mean, look, realistically, we're talking about the team that's tied for 10th in the West right now. Um, we're talking about a team that still has a lot of room to cover there, a team that had the exact same record BT going into last night as they did a year ago, which is crazy to fathom. When you think about the problems that that team had, the the obvious problems that team had in terms of off-court chemistry, in terms of roster makeup, in terms of on-court chemistry, mm-hmm. um, it, those all had, in hindsight, what were pretty easy fixes. Like, they got rid of a bunch of guys, and they brought in a bunch of new guys. Um, I think this situation is a little trickier. Um, they have been openly thirsting for continuity all season. And unless that's – I mean, Producer Mark, can you get on the bleep button for me? Unless that's just total bullshit. Like, like honestly, there's no – I mean, they've talked about this over and over and over and over again. Like, they're going to go into trade season here. We're going to read some questions from some listeners here that I, that I put out onto the internet later. All everybody wants to talk about is trades with this team. And by the way, guess what? Internally, people talk about trades with this team. Like, it is like there is an expectation. It feels like one is coming of some kind. That would not point to continuity. That would point to starting over again. It is crazy to me, BT. I'm going to get off my soapbox here in a second. It is wild that this team is back in this position where they were a year ago. I agree. You're right about that. You would Right? Twice in one segment. Yes. It won't happen again ever in life. Let's try. BT, let's try again and say maybe. Let's see if in the B block, we'll call it. If I can be right again, you're watching the Times Lakers show on YouTube. Subscribe, comment, and by God, buy a newspaper, people. Read about the world. Learn something. Yes. Our lives depend on it. Welcome back to the Times Lakers show. I'm Dan Wake with the LA Times. He's Brad Turner from the Dina, also from the LA Times. Talking a little Long Beach music, BT, a second ago. The Snoop D-O-double-G from Long Beach. Can you name another Long Beach artist? Um, I don't care to. I mean, but... Warren G. Okay. Look Nate Dogg. Nate Dogg. I said I'm weird. Nate Dogg. How about Sublime? A little band called Sublime, BT. How about that, man? All right. Ooh wee. Ooh wee. I'm excited. All right. All right. We're going to go to an artist not from Long Beach, Elon Musk. We don't claim <laughs> him. Um, but he did buy a platform that we do use. And I asked on the said platform, I cut through all the filth and the bots and all the cursing and all of that stuff to, uh, to say, talk. I'm taping with my good friend BT. Ask us some questions. We got questions, BT. Okay. All right. I am going to read you some of these. I, and look, I apologize to a couple of these people. These some of these questions are basically the same. Tyler asked this question. Um, we got another question from Lakers View underscore, and we um, Nam Andal said this too. Basically, um, are the Lakers going to make a trade? BT, what would what would your gut tell you? My gut says that yes. 
the Lakers will make a trade. Now, for whom? I have no idea because I don't think the Lakers have any true idea for who that player is going to be or what it's going to take. But yes, they will make a move. I will say this, Dan. I don't think it will be as major as it was last season, but I think they do something that upgrades their team. Do you think, would you say acquiring DeJounte Murray would be major? Would you would you qualify that as major? Very good question. I would say mage, but not major. Mage? Mage. Mage. Not all the way major because there's still some questions about him out there, whether he is really the player people thought he would be when he was Mm -hmm. in San Antonio. No, no, he's obviously not a great outside shooter, which is what they need, but the positive. Shooting well this year. Yeah, he he is. Great athlete. Great kid, based on what I've been told, wants to play for a team that has a chance to go to the playoffs and maybe make some noise. He'll play hard for them. But yeah. a major upgrade, I'm not so sure about that. But an upgrade nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, I think that the um I think that the DeJounte Murray I, I think he's an upgrade. Um I got in a little bit of a Twitter aggregation loop last week when I wrote that the Lakers didn't view a Reeves for Murray deal as something that would move the needle. Um, you know, look, we can talk about who's better, Austin Reeves or DeJounte Murray. I think for the Lake for the needle to move the Lakers would need both of them. I think that's the point, right? Is that if you're swapping one good player out for a player who's slightly better or slightly worse, whatever it may be, um, that's not gonna fix things for this team. I mean I think, you know, and this goes to another question we were asked. Um, I mean, that would be a D'Angelo Russell trade. Like, that's just what that would be. He's the salary that would go out in that. You know, the contract is okay. I think the player option next year um, scares some people, right? Like, he'll probably pick it up. Um, But, look, there's some situations out there. I think D'Lo's a guy. You can give him the ball. You saw it last night. You saw it in Utah. He can perform. Um, I don't think he's a great on-court fit in Atlanta. But, like, look, is there a world where he ended up in Brooklyn where he would make some sense for the Nets? Um, he has before. Uh, is there a world in which he'd end up in Chicago and he can make some offensive sense for the Bulls? Absolutely. You know, I mean, Kobe White's played great. Um, but, like, I think, like, you know, I mean, we saw last night some of those point guard skills. Look, he's valuable to the Lakers, BT. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's another part of this, too, is that, like, we talk about the like, continuity. Like, this team just maybe just playing better together might be the answer, too. And then you do something smaller around the margins. But I'm with you. I think a trade is going to happen. Um, here is another question, BT. Um, this one is an interesting one. This is from Sos Gup or Sue's Gup. He said, you were in the room last night and you took what Darvin Ham said to mean that he was going to be starting the same playoff lineup as last year. Um. That obviously was not what he meant. He said the wrong thing. He misheard the question. Um, can you remember something like this before? My answer to that is sure. Like these things happen all the time. Like I feel oh. half listened. I feel half listened to in press conferences, sixty to seventy percent of the time. Oh, absolutely, it happens. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure in Darvin's mind, he's thinking that keeping D'Angelo and Austin in the mind with Bond and AD, yeah, and then. So that's the four guys. And so his mind is telling him those were the guys that were 
on the team last year that started that we had success with. Sure. I, yeah. You know, just forgetting to say, oh, the fifth guy won't be Jerry Vanderbilt. It's actually <coughs> going to be Torian Prince. It's a quick, easy slip up. How about this? They won the game. They won the game. Uh, this one is for Roll the Grass Tyson. That's a great X uh, name. What kind of grass is he rolling? Um, what's the timetable on Gabe Vincent? BT, what are we? Two, are we two or three weeks out from surgery on Gabe? I think we are. And it was a what? A two months? They thought six, he'd be out. Yeah, six six, six to eight weeks. weeks is like basically like the evaluation time. Um, I will say I've seen him walking around. Good spirits. Yes. Um. Also, potentially a contract that could end up out in a trade, although he's got years left on his deal. Um, it's a big deal that Gabe Vincent has not been on the court for this team. It has mattered. It has changed their plans. Um, his physicality, his defensive toughness was supposed to be one of the things that carried him. He is a very streaky scorer, too, who gives him a little punch um, or would have given them a little punch. Um, maybe a moratorium BT on the Lakers signing reserve Miami Heat guards. For a little bit after this, but um, just some yeah. bad luck here, I think, with the injuries. It's been tough because they had Kendrick Nunn last season, which they yep. used to get Rude Hachimura with. Yes. Gabe is someone I think that can help the Lakers or another team if he ends up being traded. Oh, yeah. The key with the Lakers is just being patient before they make any sort of move, similar to what they did last year. And the patience yeah. went out for them. I think a sneaky thing that they did that is going to help them in the next month, it, and this is like minor, right? Like, I mean, this isn't going to be the difference between them being the, the 10 seed or the 4 seed. But I think it's going to help them and help their overall sort of interior internal culture. Um, Skylar Mays, I think, to a two-way contract, getting a player who they can trust to put on the court and mostly do the right thing. And that's not a shot at Jalen Ujipino. He's a rookie. He's supposed to make mistakes. That is what they do. Um, you know, we've all heard some very colorful phrases throughout the years about what rookies are, right, BT? Oh, yeah. And uh, Mr. Phil Jackson always had a great line about rookies that rookies were lower than well, get ready for this, Pots, lower than well shit. Ooh, this is an NC 17 one. I like this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, yes, so I think, um, I think just like having like sort of his maturity around uh, played pretty well in Utah, you know, came off the bench and played pretty well against the Suns in garbage time. Um, that was going, let's take one last question. And then we're going to go to the last segment here. BT. Uh, this is from Carlo B not Cardi B sadly. Carlo B wants to know what's the biggest need for the Lakers at the straight mm-hmm. deadline. Wow. If you had to pick a position, what do they need more than anything An athletic point guard. Then that's DeJounte Murray. There would you go. Be my answer to that. Um, perfect world, I would say, I mean, somebody like that who can shoot 45% from three. Um, I think it's a two-way player, just in some fashion. Somebody who they can trust to some level of competency on both sides of the court, um, who can slot in minutes and play alongside the starters who can play in second units. Just a guy you can trust on offense, a guy you can trust on defense. It's a pretty base-level thing, harder than you'd think to find in the NBA, especially at the trade deadline. Everybody's sort of looking for that. That's what I would like. Obviously, I think um, in addition to, like, the big move, finding some sort of motion shooter 
a name. I'm just throwing this out there. I've not heard this name mentioned at all. Um, as the Memphis Grizzlies season falls totally apart with injuries, stuff like that. We've got what Desmond Bain, John Morant, Marcus Smart. I mean, all these guys, boom, boom, boom. Uh, Luke Kennard, BT, guy we know from L.A., um, you know, hasn't really made a difference on a title-type team, but, like, motion shooter, those guys create their own issues mm. on defense. That would be a guy, if I was Rob Palenka, I'd consider, you know, maybe Luke Kennard gives you what you thought Malik Beasley would last year. Malik Beasley, by the way, shooting the ball for the Bucks. Another guy, BT, former Laker, shooting the rock, Lonnie Walker. Lakers could have used either of those guys this year. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, we'll be right back. We got more Times Lakers show coming up right after this. Remember, subscribe, comment, buy a newspaper, stay away from BT's house in the Dina. He doesn't want you to come visit. We'll see you right after this. We are back on the Times Lakers show, BT. I see the finish line. Like our colleague Andrew Greif, who ran a marathon this past weekend. That's insanity. Respect Andrew. Congratulations, Andrew Greif. 26.2 miles. I don't like driving that far. Mm. Good for him. But have you seen Look at him and look at us. He's in really good shape. Look at him look at you. It is is really – I think it is, honestly, B-team. I think it's a little bit selfish on his part to do the marathon. I think it is something where, like, just because you work out, just because you are in shape, Andrew Greif, because you have a beautiful young family, like, you shouldn't be able to do this, too. It is showy, and it makes the rest of us feel lousy. No, no, speak for yourself. Respect, Andrew, respect. I'm not like No, I feel terrible about myself. I'm a a hater. All right, um, BT. Let's let's uh, let's bounce around the league a little bit here. Um, okay. We saw the Thunder last night. Yes, we're going to see Dallas coming up. I want to I want to talk about the Thunder. Um, this is a team that we have spoken about more yes, than we, we probably have. should on this podcast. I I don't think they're quite championship good, BT. In fact, if I had to pick today, if somehow it was a two seven series against the Lakers or one eight, they kind of like the Lakers based on what I've seen. And kind of their their sort of old man strength against Oklahoma City. Yes. But man, is there a team that has like the next five years in front of them better than that team? Like, like, is there a team in the NBA that you'd rather have a core of currently than the Oklahoma City Thunder? Not at all. And they have draft picks. All of them. That draft capital capital. To make some significant moves and changes to shift things around to become a championship team like they were when they had Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden, and Serge Ibaka. Let's not forget yes. about him back in those days. They didn't, win a champ- they didn't win a championship. They did get to the finals and lost to LeBron James in the Miami Heat. But that is a team that is on the rise, and I don't think they're going anywhere. As long as they stay healthy and then as long as they can financially afford to pay their key players. Well, I mean, they're, I mean, look, I mean, Shea is in line, obviously, for, for big, big money. Um, but Jalen Williams, Ted Holmgren, like those guys are on rookie deals, man. Um, you know, they've already paid Lou Dort. Um, Josh Giddy is a guy that I think eventually will not be a part of what they're doing. Um, barely played last night. 
Um, they just have guys, man. Uh, Isaiah Joe off the bench is a really good player. Um, yeah, man. They are a uh, whew, they're a good team. Um, that, two, two, that, two of the best, two of the best wins of the Lakers season. And they've got a couple of players from my country, France. The Clippers. A team we've a, t- a team we've also seen recently. Another great win for the Lakers, but another team. I, I mean, to me, a team I'd be afraid to see in the playoffs right now. Oh, I would not want to play the Clippers. I mean, and, and as you know, as everyone knows, I am a Ty Lue fan. Yep, the dude can coach. He can coach. But hold on, his so, Tyron Lue is one of the top five best coaches in the entire association. All right, name the other four if you're going to do this. No, Greg Popovich. That's one. That's one. But Ty Lue is two. Okay, who else? Oh, the head coach in Indiana. Red Carlisle, three. Red Carlisle. The, how about this? I also think the coach with the Oklahoma City Thunder is pretty damn good. Uh, Dagnall? Is that how we say it? Yes. Dejanal? That is him. And, oh, well, come on, man. Eric Spolster. You have to say Eric Spolster. Yes. Um, the good the good news is that LeBron has only said nice things about one of those guys, two of those guys in the last two weeks, by the way. 40% yes. on that list. Um, I, I, it's a good top five. I think we could talk about Will Hardy yes. as a guy who could be in that mix as a That's really, true. really good basketball coach. He didn't say Steve Kerr's name. I Steve Kerr's won, won a bunch not. of those things, a bunch of those that jewelry. Not. And Steve, um, I apologize because you're also an L.A. guy. Yes. Yes. Um, I think, uh, I think, look, and then I, I want to talk a little bit about Dallas because they are a team that BT is sort of in the Lakerverse mm-hmm. um, because of Jason Kidd, because of Jared Dudley on that bench. Um, obviously people that are very close to LeBron James, very close to Anthony Davis, title members all together in 2020. Um, that's a weird game Wednesday night, early start, 530. It's on ABC. Um, BT. What do, what do you make of this Mavericks team? Well, Luka Doncic did not play in a prior game Correct. at New Orleans. And Kyrie Irving, whew, show it out. He's Tim playing Hall- great. Timmy Hardaway, show it out. So we're not sure about Luka's status for the game tomorrow night. The Mavericks are a team that can score with anyone in the NBA. The Mavericks are looking to improve their defense. And yeah. that's been a conversation for as long as Luka has been there. Yeah. Can their defense be good enough to put them in the championship equation? It's a really good question. And I think um, I think this is a good place for us to end because this kind of ties a bow together on this. We started the show with me kind of saying the things I didn't like about the Laker win. I'm going to throw you something that's been, th- been I thinking about a lot lately, too. Like, mm-hmm. Can you even still win as a defensive-minded team in the NBA? Are the offenses just too good? Like, if you don't have a good to great offense, can you can you be competitive night to night? The Lakers are at such a math disadvantage every night when it comes to threes taken and threes made. Um, you know, this is another thing we talked about last night. We were talking about what, what happened in Dallas, and, and you look at Tim Hardaway Jr., you know, 41 points in, like, in like a fill-in role. The Lakers, I mean, they got kind of that type of game from D'Lo in Utah, uh, but they like they don't. There isn't enough 
they don't create enough opportunities for one of these guys to like combust and make eight, nine, ten threes. Um, you know, they barely do it as a team. And, and I think that um, is another thing that limits this team and limits its ceiling is that like, you know, who is the guy, you know, who gets it going and they get like kind of a surprise 35 point night from. I just don't think they create enough shots for the other players. Like they play so much through AD, so much through LeBron as they should. Right. Like those are hall of fame players, but a little more balance, I think. And, and a little more offensive mindedness. Um, and you can get there through threes and free throws, but you got to, you got to put the ball, you got to put the rock in other guys hands more. And I think Dallas does a good job at that. I mean, this isn't the first time Tim Hardaway has gone nuclear this year. He's done it with, with Luca, with um, Kyrie healthy, um, you know, really explosive scorer. Um, I think the Lakers missed that kind of play. Fair point, Dan. Fair point. Am I right again? Do we I end with me being right a third time? I didn't say you were right. I said fair point. Should the should the Lakers trade for Zach Levine, BT? Do it. No. Let's get it. Am I stupid? I'm not saying that. You said it last week. I didn't say those words. No, you did say you're stupid. Direct quote. Well, I said, tell is... me I'm stupid. And you said, you're stupid. Well, you told me to tell you you were stupid. So I did. Yeah. I appreciate your listening skills, but only my kids, BT, were as obedient. They only they were they 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 heard my voice and dealt with such respect. Subscribe to the paper. We joke about it. Seriously, it's a good. It's a really good product. It's worth it. Um, comment. Keep hitting us. Emailing us. Uh, we appreciate you, BT. Any last words for the people this week? A nice bottle of wine is good for Jenny. Then you can come by. You can come by the dealer if you bring a nice bottle of wine. Now, how about this? I have proof of this. You don't even have to bring that nice of a bottle. That's very true. Yep. All right. We'll we'll see you next week.